How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's having a great day. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. For those that are coming in, happy whatever day it is. Today's an opportunity to get a little bit better. That's the goal of life, just get a little bit better every single day. Beautiful sunny day here. We've been talking about this concept of being empowered through challenge. We're strengthening, not suffering. And when we recognize that the power is in our hands, not to maybe control what we're physically going through, but to control how we approach it, to control how we view it, to control how we interpret it, what we're doing really is we are separating the mental piece of it and the physical piece of it. And by just separating those two pieces, it enables us to get more energy, more willpower, more capacity to not only deal with what we're going through, but also to frame what we're going through. So we spoke about this a little bit, but I want to talk to you a little bit about, about the concept of memory. So, when we think about our memory, if you, if you notice something, you know, outside the people that have like photographic memories, like for the rest of us, we have a concept in our mind, we spoke about this called synaptic pruning. And it impacts our memory, right? We don't remember everything. We don't, we don't have the ability to just pull up things. We're not computers. We can't just go and search our Dropbox and pull up a file from 10 years ago. It's not really how it works. If you remember things in life, usually it's being triggered by something. That's why if you ever studied, I read this book a while ago called um, Walking with Einstein. Andy, look this up. It's like something with Einstein. It's about, it's written by a guy who, hacked his brain and won like the memory championships. It's like dancing with Einstein or dinner with Einstein or something with Einstein. He basically is a journalist that figured out that Liron, Liron, you're like ahead of everything. Every time I think Liron is the most well-read guy I know. And what basically he spoke about this concept called Memory, like Lara said, memory palaces, where what he was doing was moonwalking with Einstein. Thank you. Moonwalking with Einstein. And the premise of the book, as far as I remember it, was this journalist figured out that your brain is much more powerful than we think. The reason why we don't remember things is because we don't build a narrative around it. There's nothing to link it. But if you could create what he calls these palaces where you take ideas or take memories and stick them into different rooms. It's like a hack where because you're building a whole world around it, you're able to create some narrative that sort of draws the memory together. So you won't remember all these digits but if you play with them in your mind and put them in different rooms, now you've created something that's new. And as you create things that are new, it'll connect the dots. As you have a richer experience that triggers together, the things will connect. That's why sometimes you'll remember 
a game or a movie or something in your, and then you, you'll, you'll get the whole thing because your brain is all interconnected. And when you hit one piece of the web, the web will continue, but you need some narrative to connect the dots. You need something. Just a randomness is very difficult to pull up. I once watched this documentary about a memory specialist and they were like blown away. Like he came in and like met people on the way into something. And then afterwards, like, oh, Steve, oh, Mary. They're like, whoa. And after he's like, listen, I said, Steve, you know, Steve, I see Steve in the Eve. And, and like, he's like playing a game with himself. So now when he sees the guy, he's picturing, you know, evening. And then, and then the next, you know, Mary, you know, Mary is, and, and he's, so you do it like the first time it takes you forever. But if you do it, you're like, you're like your whole life. You get it quickly. You start coming up with little ways that make things a little bit set, that separate out from the norm, create some links so that now, now you remember Steve, otherwise Steve would get lost. But you're linking things. Now there's some great research where they showed how your memory is very much connected to your future, right? Because you're drawing on it very much to create your future. We know that we've been speaking about this. So the more you're able to hone in on what you remember, the more you will have what to draw on when you deal with what's in front of you. Why is it so critical for? Because your narrative will very much dictate what you remember long term. So when you go through a challenge and you engage in that challenge with a higher level of enthusiasm, you reserve judgment as to what the challenge will be. And then you try to see the benefits of challenge. What will happen is, is that when you remember the challenge in the past, you are more likely to remember the positive aspects of the challenge than the negative aspects. And your brain will start to see challenges in their most positive light. So I had this conversation uh, yesterday with one of my children. I was trying to deliver this message. You know, th these boosts are very important to me and they, they mean a lot to me. And I try to, when, when we talk about something, I'm like, wow, this is like on the top of my head. So I was talking to one of my kids yesterday about this, about how life, once you appreciate that nothing comes to you randomly, which is a huge thing to appreciate. I'm not, I'm not taking that for granted. There's a concept in Jewish thought that believes that God is everywhere. In Hebrew, it's Ein Od Milvado. There is nothing but him. That means that there is nothing in the world that is not divinely orchestrated, doesn't have God in it. When you believe that, which is not an easy thing to believe, and I won't take that for granted that people are just like, oh yeah, you have to work on yourself to really believe that whatever comes your way came your way for a reason. It wasn't just because you messed up, you know, 10 steps earlier. It was just because you're unlucky. It really bothers, I got to tell you personally, it bothers me when people are very successful and say, I got lucky. I know they're trying to be uh, humble about it. It just bothers me. It's something about luck that bothers me. It just feels so random. It feels so unpurposeful. It's just me. Um, but when you live in this space that there's nothing that's random, and then you also can 
attached to that, another Jewish phrase, that everything is for the best. In Hebrew, it's gamzula tova. When you, when you marry these two concepts together, of that there's nothing random and it's all going to be great, you're left with this feeling of, wait, but what if it doesn't feel good? It's almost the, the, the burden shifts on you to make it as great as you can make it. To make it, to recognize that there's, there's, there's good here. I got to bring that out. I can't watch it happen. I have to, I have to make it happen. I am an actor in this. And if I work to bring it out, it will come out. And I'll remember the good because I'm working for it. If I'm the passive player on this, then, then I'll usually remember the negative because if I've got positive and negative, negative is more memorable. But if I'm the actor, now I'm investing myself in a good outcome, I'm going to remember the outcome for the better. Right, the co-creator. You, very good, Leah. You are the, exactly, you are the partner with God in this. When you invest in something, you become more likely to see it that way. That's why there's a lot of research. I think there's a book, I think it's called Influent. No, I keep I'm forgetting. Uh, Andy, look this up. It's Chip Heath wrote it. Chip and his brother wrote it. It's about influence. It's, I think it's called Made to Stick. And then it's called Made to Stick. And they speak about influence and how to influence people. It's a great book. Andy will, Andy will pull up right now. For those that are live with us, Facebook or on Zoom, you get the benefit of our star producer, the Wizard of Oz himself, Andy Boltax. There he is. That was less than 60 seconds made to stick. Chip and Dan Heath. And in there, there's a chapter that speaks about getting people to buy into your, to your, what you want. And they speak about why, I don't think we do this anymore because we've, I, I don't, but maybe you do. Like, I don't think I've answered a telemarketer's call in forever, right? Like we got, everything tells you it's telemarketing, right? Even like on my phone, it's like potential spam. I'm like, potential spam? I'm not taking that chance. But I don't, maybe like 10 years ago, like sitting at home or 20 years ago, sitting at home and like, hello, hello. And then you're like, oh no, but you can't hang up because you want to be a nice guy. Telemarketers. So if you notice in their scripts, usually they ask you two or three questions first. How's your day? It's hot outside, isn't it? Some summer's almost over. They'll, they'll throw a couple of questions because what they're trying to do is get you to say yes three times. There's a certain mental trigger that happens when you say yes three times. Once you start saying yes to something, you start to invest in it mentally. When you include people in building something, they're invested in it. And once they're invested in it, they want it to work. You ever find yourself doing this where like you buy something like you ever like you ever it's ever happened to you where like you wear your raincoat and you're like it's half raining and like you almost want it to rain you ever have this do you like like you wear your raincoat to the train or you and you're like ah should i shouldn't i ah, and you're like hoping that it rains like why are you hoping that it rains for just because you're right you ever find yourself doing that where like you say something and then like you're hoping that even though it's not the positive outcome you just want to be right Right? Like there's a certain sense that like you want to make the right bet. So you're like, oh good, I made the right decision. It's a confirmation bias. We like being right. So when you start saying things and you start investing in them, you want them to turn out the way you want the way you did it. 
Ever, it's like anyone who's a sports fan, you know, this like, this is big. In the, like I said, in the old days, March Madness used to be like a big basketball tournament, not the whole world shows down with the virus. But back in those days, you pick the team. Right. Very good, Michael. Very good. Right. Michael just wrote. It's like insurance. If you're sad, if we pay every month and nothing happens, right? Right. Nothing should go off if it happened. But I know it's exactly right. Right. Like, you know, like, like in March Madness, I was saying, like, you know, you pick a team. You don't know these guys. You don't know Eastern Michigan. And like, you're upset when they lose. Like, who cares? The answer is, is that you like being right. So since you like being right, whatever you say yes to or invest in, your brain's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, once you invest in making everything in front of you as great as it can be, you remember the better because you're invested in it. You want it to work out because you're invested. And when it doesn't, maybe you see the good because you're invested in it. Right? When like the, the parents bring the kids to like the park and it's raining and they're like, no, it's going to be great. They're invested in making it as great as possible. They're looking for everything they can do in the rain. And when they get in the car and they talk to the kids, they're like, isn't it great? Now, maybe when they get home, but usually you look back at that vacation when you went to the park in the rain and you remember, I can't believe the mudslide and I know it was crazy, but it was amazing. You remember things that you've invested in because life's neutral. Once you see that you're a creator or co-creator, as Liron said, in what's in front of you, the more you make things as great as they can be, the more you take the responsibility that everything you're doing should be done with empowerment, the more your memory will look back and find the moments that were great. And then your memory starts to build a narrative. And the narrative is, we roll and challenge. That was great last time, or we overcame that. And as your memory starts to build these palaces or these narratives where what hooks onto the narrative is not the whole story, but the parts of the story that is the strongest parts, then you look to the future and your brain pulls all of that memory that says, I know this is hard, but it'll work out. Remember that time? And then you start to go out into this world and you start taking the risks because the downside changes. So if it rains, it rains. So if I fail, I fail. Remember that time when we did that project and two people showed up? That was crazy. We had all that food to ourselves. It was hard, but it was great. We were laughing about it. We knew we did the right thing, even though they didn't come. The, 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 the making that moment of failure as exciting as you can make it because you know that these feelings of neg negativity are not feelings of negativity because you're going through physical pains because you're going through emotional pain, but you can change that. You can change how you respond to things. You can make it great because if it was brought to you, it was brought to you for a reason. And that reason has to be for the, your ultimate benefit. So make it great. So then a year later, you look back and you go, remember we had that program and nobody came? I know it was hard, but it was, we had all, all that food to ourselves and we ended up doing this, we ended up doing that. And then the next time you look at a program, you're like, okay, what's my downside? Nobody comes. They didn't come last time I survived. It's happened so many times. They're just having this conversation yesterday with one of my children. About the, about the quarantine. 
I mean, we couldn't go there, but we made it fun and we did the best we could. And, and it was, it was sweet. It was sweet. And he's, and the kids, like my son's like, yeah, it was, it was sweet. Now we look back at a moment of quarantine that should have been a little bit bitter for us. It should have lost the taste of what we were looking forward to doing. I'm not saying it was like as sweet as anything we're doing, but it was sweeter because we remembered it sweeter. So now when you look back in your memory at that same moment, you remember that moment sweeter. Now, that's how memory works. Because when you look back at things and you look at them for the most positive light, your brain starts remembering, starts to remember the most positive parts of that. And then you start to create these narratives in your mind of positiveness that took place in challenge. So then when you look out into the future, your brain pulls so much more positivity, which then gives you so much more resilience and so much more strength and so much more risk-taking and so much more of your ability to stand out and try new things, which is what brings more success. It gives you so much more energy for effort, which brings more success. It gives you so much more of a, a positive attitude, which brings more people and more success. Because that's what success is. It's getting up one more time than you got knocked down. It's pushing when everyone else gives up. It's not being brilliant. It's not having everything handed to you on a silver lining. I find, personally, I find some of the people that were like the smartest kids I knew, I don't think they're more successful than those that were slower learners. I don't think so at all. In fact, I find some of the people that when they were younger had everything. They were like God's gift to the world. I don't know if they're more successful in any which way than those that struggled. Because greatness comes from struggle. There's a reason why the Israeli army is the greatest army in the world. There's a reason why they, they've done things that no one has done. Can you imagine the story of a small little country that just, be, listen, we've always had Jews living there, but basically showed up 70 years ago. Like, can you imagine like countries coming to train in Israel? Can you imagine Israeli technology companies leading the way? How is that possible? Isn't it because, listen, so I believe it's also from God, but like, isn't it because of the challenge? Isn't it because they, 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 they were able to operate under challenge? The challenge didn't break them and made them, but it only works if you can turn around and see the positivity in the challenge. So when you approach things with like the, your fists up, going like, let's make this great. Let's make it great. Come on. I know it's tough, but let's make it great. When you make things great, That's awesome. Miriam has a great thing up here for those who are able to watch that. Check out Miriam's uh, post just now. Can't, I won't do it justice if I read it, but check it out. Andy, post it on the, on the chat if you don't mind. When you make things great, you force yourself to invest in the positivity of something. Now you're forcing your brain to see the positive because you have to, because that's how you're going to make it great. And now you're building a narrative. So when that then event passes and you look back at it, you see the most positive in it, which will then only make you the next time you're in front of you, think back towards the positive. It'll start to create these strands of positive narratives 
in which you see the world so that when you encounter a similar th- event in the future, you've already had the neuroplasticity built that this is going to be positive. And you're like rounding out in your life all these positive ways of seeing things. And if it works out, awesome. And if it doesn't, it's still positive. Let's take out real challenge for a second. That's how you become stronger. That's how empowerment leads to massive success. Because you don't get knocked down when you stub your toe. You don't get knocked down ever. And it's always when you're down the road after going down and going down and going down and getting up and getting up and going down and getting up. Always at the end of that, you get up and go, oh, I got it now. And you look back and you look to your right and they don't have it because the people that were just as smart, they're still laying down. You're only there because you've worked through it. Okay, we'll continue this. I'm going to talk about being a giver. Hopefully that'll be tomorrow. How to tap into that. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Think about this today. Take one thing during your day that's neutral or a little negative and force it to be positive. Force it to be positive. You'll see that we have so much positivity that's built inside us that we can assert on the world. All right. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have an awesome day.